Hello and welcome to Indigenous Cafe, your Indigenous Cafe. I'm your host, Roman Arona. And on today's show, we're bringing you music, conversation, and inspiration from the Indigenous peoples of North America and the Indigenous peoples from all over the world. As today, as we travel the Indigenous musical world, I'm going to bring you some insight from some allies in Indigenous country. This ally specifically is talking about Aboriginal people. However, this can be, and this, this concept and the things that she's talking about can be used universally. So let's start it off with her insight, and then let's get this journey started. This is Cherie Karen. As my learning grew, my whole world opened up. But the strange thing was, the more I learned the less I felt I knew. Our worlds were so different, and so were our stories. But there was a mismatch between what I saw and what I'd heard. I knew stories of devastation and trauma, of Aboriginal people being drunk and miserable and even to be feared. And not to say that problems don't exist, but I saw another side to the story. I saw healthy people hunting and fishing, dancing and making art. I saw happy children playing in the rain, and I was made to feel like I belonged. It shocked me that there in my own country, where I'd lived all my life, I then encountered such rich and ancient culture that was so vastly different to my own that I never knew existed. Now, I have great passion for this land, and I have great passion for all of its people. So I couldn't work out why a group that had so much to offer didn't have a voice in my world. Very interesting. Didn't have a voice in her world. Most Indigenous communities have either no voice or a very small voice. Let's get our journey started right here on your Indigenous Cafe. We are the power 
to be part of the ongoing programming here of Indigenous Cafe, feel free to give a tax-deductible donation at www.iamhumanmedia.com. Let's continue our journey. Listening to Indigenous Cafe, your Indigenous Cafe. I'm your host, Roman Arona, and on today's show, we are listening to some insight from an ally of an Aboriginal people. But I'm using this these this insight from this ally because I believe a lot of the concepts can be used universally throughout all Indigenous communities. Here is some more insight from Cherie Kearney. I believe the more we understand each other's worlds, the better we can work together to solve problems, but it has to be two ways, because there's many gaps to bridge between our worlds, but the main one is in power. Now, after 200 years of colonisation, our statistics tell a sobering story. We all know them. Aboriginal people have high rates of suicide, domestic violence and addiction. In some cases, going to prison is so common it's said to be a rite of passage. Nearly a decade ago, all Australian governments rallied to close the gap for Aboriginal people who were far behind other Australians on measures of education, employment and health and all within a generation. Now, coordinated action was welcome, but there was an oversight. These measures of success didn't include things that Aboriginal people valued or were skilled at, like knowledge of the land, strength of family connections, language, and resilience. It means that they're measured up against our worldview and not theirs. It means that there's a cultural bias in the system that sets them up to fail. And so many Aboriginal people are left feeling like they don't measure up and they're never going to. And not surprisingly, after eight years of solid investment, outcomes haven't changed much. So all this bad news must be devastating for Aboriginal people. But that's not what we found. We did a recent study on happiness. We interviewed 900 Aboriginal people from four different remote communities across Western Australia and Northern Territory. A few months ago, the statistician called me up and said, didn't work, Cherie. What do you mean it didn't work, I said. He said, well, this data shows that they're all really happy. And aren't they burdened by poverty and social problems? But no. 
Despite all the stories and statistics of deficit, those we spoke to said they're happier now than they were five years ago and expect they'll be even happier in five years' time. Not only are they happy, but they're optimistic about the future. There is some really good insight from Cherie uh, in, in her words there. And uh, I, I can't speak about happiness uh, for all Indigenous peoples, um, but I can talk about optimism. And the reason that uh, Indigenous peoples are optimistic is because of the prophecies. And the prophecies tell us about this new world where it will be united and all people will come together. We have a long way to get there, and it and she is right. It is a two-way street. We both have to learn from each other and be accepting and sit down and ch talk about it. Let's continue our journey right here on your Indigenous Cafe. Start the fire let it burn Keep it hot for hours Heat the stones Make them red I need to use their powers
Indigenous Cafe. Let's continue our journey. Remo 
To be part of the ongoing programming here of Indigenous Cafe, feel free to give a tax-deductible donation at www.iamhumanmedia.com. Let's continue our journey. Oh, mm-hmm. 
listening to Indigenous Cafe, your Indigenous Cafe. I'm your host, Roman Arona, and on today's show, we are traveling with some insight from an ally, and this ally specifically to the Aboriginal people, but I think her insight um, in the things that she's learned with the in, with working with the Indigenous pe- population uh, of Australia, the Aboriginal people, can be universally used uh, throughout the Indigenous world. Let's continue with some insight from Cherie. We spent several years going to different communities around Australia to ask about their values and goals in life and work out how these can be measured in order to show their importance to government. The way we thought about it was that Aboriginal knowledge is passed down through stories and governments mainly speak the language of numbers. So we could bring together stories and numbers for the two worlds to meet. Now, Aboriginal culture in Australia isn't just one culture, it's many, but there were some clear similarities. All those we spoke to voiced the same three priorities, culture, empowerment and community. People wanted to be empowered to practice their own culture in a society that enabled them to do so. They want the freedom to be themselves. But the difference between these people and myself is that they live in a broader society that does not reflect their cultural values and in fact measures them up against things that don't reflect their own views of success. So we unpacked Aboriginal stories to create new definitions and measures of success. And our work is showing statistically that these factors are the key foundations of wellbeing for Aboriginal people. Not only that, we're discovering the importance of working together and learning from each other. One hand can't clap without the other. Everything hangs together, everything exists together. Education doesn't exist without culture, health doesn't exist without community, employment can't be sustained without empowerment. They're all interrelated, they all interplay. But we have to prove it. And it has to speak a language that both communities and governments understand. Let's look at education, for example. Now, language is key in remote communities. Many languages have been lost, but many are very much alive. Some Aboriginal people speak four or five different languages as well as English. But Aboriginal language speakers have very little chance to learn their own language at school. Our analysis showed that Aboriginal students who learn about their own culture at school and first learn literacy in their own language, so Aboriginal literacy, 
do better at English literacy and numeracy. That is, education outcomes are better for those who learn Aboriginal literacy as a stepping stone to English literacy. Like most things in life, students need to walk before they can run. Now, this may not seem like rocket science, but while we continue to measure failure instead of what creates success, not only do we perpetuate the failure, but we miss a fundamental opportunity to learn from and preserve the oldest surviving culture in the world. Culture is identity. So being asked to drop your culture is like being asked to drop who you are. Practicing culture at school and work appear to be key components of well-being. Dropping who you are, especially for Indigenous people, is not an option. There are groups of people that have lost uh, their Indigenous backgrounds because, I, in my humble opinion, I believe all people come or came from an Indigenous background. And some of those backgrounds and some of those things have been lost, and therefore they can people can acclimate better to the um, to society or the general population. But indigenous communities that are still intact and are still being used today and, and with, with community and culture and all of the things that are part of an indigenous population, um, you, can't, those, you can't strip that away. That's not, that's not even an option. Let's continue our journey right here on your Indigenous Cafe.
You're listening to Indigenous Cafe. Let's continue our journey. Rises up above, 
makes everything beautiful. My people who look at me and my ancestors, they look back at me. Listening to Indigenous Cafe, your Indigenous Cafe. I'm your host, Roman Arona, and it's about that time for me to get on out of here. I want to thank you, the listeners, for traveling with me today here on Indigenous Cafe. Uh, it was always a pleasure uh, to share some music and some insight. Uh, thank you to Cherie for uh, giving us uh, some insight as an ally to Indigenous peoples, because I know that. That is something that we as Indigenous people also need. We need allies to, to stand with us uh, and, and, and help us grow um, and learn and teach the outside world that it is okay, that we can get to, along together and we can understand each other because Indigenous values and the systems that Indigenous people use are valuable to the world and they cannot be dismissed anymore. Here's some final insight from Cherie right here on your Indigenous Cafe. Many Aboriginal people have been separated from their lands and language. So the point is this, education and work that enables you to operate from the safety and strength of your own culture enables you to be true to who you are, which appears to be a key element of wellbeing. By valuing what's most important to people in a language that governments understand, being numbers, enables governments to work out where they can best invest to create change. This means that governments can achieve their goals by empowering Aboriginal people to build from their own cultural strengths. Everybody's happy. And it means involving Aboriginal people in their own solutions. We don't have to stick to narrow measures of success based on our own view of the world. By acknowledging what's important to unique communities, not only do we validate and empower them, but we also grant ourselves the opportunity to learn from them. This is my good friend, Yulnu leader Trevor Gurawiwi from Elko Island in Arnhem Land. Just last month, I asked him, what's the one thing governments could do to improve wellbeing for Aboriginal people? He said this. Walk with us to share those knowledge from those two world views. Thank you again for joining me here on Indigenous Cafe. And yes, walk with us. Learn, because Indigenous peoples have to live in two different worlds. Their Indigenous tribal community world and the general world that everyone else operates in. And not many people have to live in both those worlds. Thanks again for being here on Indigenous Cafe. My love and blessings are with you always. Take care for now, and here's my final song. <laughs>